Hey guys, welcome to Jakku Broadcast. I'm Daniela. And I'm Melissa. And welcome to our uh, recap series of The Mandalorian titled We Have Spoken. Um, today we will be recapping episode 3, which is titled The Sin. Uh, this episode was written again by Jon Favreau and directed by the first woman to ever direct live action Star Wars, um, Deborah Chow. Yes! Woo! Um... Did you like this episode, Melissa? I did. I really did like it. I'm wondering if it's my favorite out of the three right now. I think it is. Yeah, I think I think I like it, but also I think I like the last episode better because there was more Baby Yoda. Oh, yeah. Like, you really got to see a lot of him last episode. Yeah, and it's... Okay, so since um, everybody's been... You know, watching the Mandalorian, uh, Baby Yoda hype has like gone crazy <laughs> through um, the roof. Yeah, everyone loves Baby Yoda, and uh, I think Deborah Chow gave an interview where she was talking about how how she was directing Baby Yoda and how the cast reacted to Baby Yoda, and um, you know how Werner Herzog he said that. <laughs> um, Baby Yoda, it was like beautiful, beautiful and heartbreaking. Yes. Uh, Deborah Chow said that there was points when she was directing him, and it seemed like he was like he forgot that the cre- the baby is not like an actual uh, creature, which is <laughs> um, I think that's the where the boat where I would be if I was like uh, working with Baby Yoda. You know, I would be so like over the top. And just I I wouldn't be able to handle it. They probably have to take me off set. I'd be they'd be like, forget it. She's just not. She can't do this. I'd be so. They've genuinely created a monster in Baby Yoda, not because <laughs> of baby's bad or anything, but just because like everybody's like, look, it, everybody like my friends who don't watch Mandalorian yeah. or are not interested in Mandalorian, they will like send me. I, they will send me gifs of baby yoda and they'll be like i would die for him and i know just, everyone wants to die for baby like, yoda they don't even like my friend is considering getting disney plus just to watch baby yoda yeah. so i think i think this has like interesting implications for how they'll <laughs> utilize baby yoda like are they gonna send him away once i like i don't think he's gonna die i just think like are they ever gonna get rid of baby yoda and give him to safer hands it's interesting <laughs> and i don't want that to happen at all so like yeah if that happens like how are how is the audience gonna react oh my I feel gosh like we'll all riot. fall apart like even if he's in safe hands like just not seeing him is gonna be like because he's the humanity of the show interestingly enough obviously mandalorian is too but he's the Baby Yoda is the one that opens up the audience to like the emotional core of the show in a sense because we don't see the Mando's face at all. Yeah, like everybody at work, everybody who knows nothing about Star Wars, it's like they're getting attracted to Star Wars and the Mandalorian just because of Baby Yoda. And this is all Disney's fault. They thought, well, they knew exactly what they were doing, but. For sure. <laughs> Did you see the uh, fan art, or not fan art, sorry, the uh, concept art of Baby Yoda? Yeah. That John, John Favreau shared. Mm-hmm. It was so cute. So cute. And they just announced that they're going to start rolling out Baby Yoda merch too. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they didn't do that from the beginning because they didn't want the baby, the surprise to be spoiled because, you know, merchandise tends to spoil uh, um, things in the stories. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. this... Okay. Oh, sorry. I was going to say this episode, like I mentioned in our last podcast uh, for this uh, series, 
I said that they might be like some Last of Us vibes for the next episode, this one. And it turns out we were right. So, well, you know, they did have some sort of Last of Us vibes. But yeah, we'll go into the episode. Uh, go ahead, Danny. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, the episode, it starts with, um, you know, they're on the ship, the uterus ship. And it's kind of hilarious because Baby Yoda's in the egg the egg uh, crib yeah. and it's like a uterus ship so i'm sure people have mentioned this before and i think we'd have to but it's just more uh pronounced now that you're if i'm now looking for that symbolism the you know the feminine's coded uh symbolism inside of well not um inside of the show because it's so man-led that it's like interesting that they're definitely putting those aspects into the story Oh, yeah, and I'm sure later when Cara Dune shows up, and uh, especially with the armor, too, when the for the Mandos, like, they're, they're kind of, like, um, slowly getting into that feminine part of the show. Like, Mandos, I think, he's been rejecting that part of himself, and you can see that with Baby Yoda's help, like, he's starting to open up a bit more of that part, and I'm pretty sure later on we'll see him fully, like, just accept all of those things, you know, his softness and his care and love for something so small. And as we've seen throughout this whole show so far, it seems like he's not really attuned with that motherly feminine part of himself. And he's going to find it eventually, you know, especially with his little baby's help. Definitely. And okay, so we get with Grief Karga and he talks to Mandalorian and he's like congratulating him and everything about how he got it done and then he was talking about how he has no idea if the client wants to like eat it or just i don't know with the he doesn't know what the uh, client wants and um yeah so we also got uh which is interesting because grief karga is very like very happy with mando about this and then we also get uh you know there's a cutest part where grief or not grief but the mandalorian is uh, looking at baby Yoda who has left his crib and he's reaching out for the little <laughs> sphere part of the um it's like the knob of like some uh lever yeah of the lever um and it could be like the directional part of the car <laughs> you know where it's like drive reverse and whatever <laughs> park um but uh Mando tells him that it's not a toy and takes it away from him and um yeah, and that's the whole part of the ship. So I found the grief cargo aspect really interesting, just of how like how happy he was with Mando. Yeah, because of he's clearly a businessman. He doesn't really care. Yeah. I have a bit more to say about that, but um, we'll just obviously grief cargo is in this episode a lot, so we'll talk about that also later. So then, when the, they finally arrive at the, on the planet. You know, the baby's looking mm -hmm. around the planet. It's a new environment, and he's scared. Oh, that's that tore me up. And I really liked the way Deborah Child presented that, because it looked like we're looking at Baby Yoda's point of view. And he was looking at each person, a person that was passing, and he was looking up and around, and that made me feel so bad. I'm like, somebody help protect him. Like, don't. Ugh. They just It gave you a sense of doom, in a way, of like, He's scared, and he's about to be handed off to these strangers, and it was scary. It was good. I like that. Yeah, it's scary because the baby obviously has no idea what's going on, and, you know, whenever Mando arrives in the 
you know the 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 outside of where grief car or not grief cargo but outside of where um the client is um located he looks at the ring device the ring device is the sphere <laughs> that come, pops out of the you know out at the door it's like a doorbell yeah and he's shocked like i have a screen cap here in our outline of the episode of this episode and he looks like what is this it's so funny <laughs> he's like but also oh sad. another toy <laughs> yeah he's yeah it's funny and sad and then the troopers start grabbing onto the crib and the baby's scared and mandalorian the mandalorian he's like easy with that and then um the trooper kind of is dismissive towards mando and (laughs) here it's like we can see that mandalorian has an attachment to how the baby is treated from other people like he kind of is trying to be this heartless dude that's just gonna give up the baby and whenever other people act like they're heartless people around the baby he's like hold up no (laughs) chill out um so yeah yeah he's already being very protective of something that he's not even gonna be supposedly he's just gonna you know hand off to somebody he's not gonna be in charge of the baby anymore he's not gonna be protecting it but he's already so attached because just that small yeah. amount of time that he spent with Baby Yoda already kind of reached his core of himself. Yeah, because he sees, as we know, he's a foundling and he was an orphan. His parents died and he was probably found just as... And it's interesting because Baby Yoda's found in this fear location and, you know, uh, we see in the flashbacks um, how this uh mandalorian character he was uh found in this hidden place just like baby yoda so it's obviously he must be remembering especially especially later in the episode which we'll get to so i won't go too far ahead but um basically once the mandalorian delivers the child the client is like the client and dr pershing kind of study it using their devices and Mm -hmm. Pershing, I believe, says that the baby is very healthy and, um, you know, Mando asks him how many fobs, tracking fobs he gave out and, like, the client um, is just kind of like, anytime they, yeah, the Mando asks questions, I believe that the client is kind of, like, taken aback because it's not part of the guild code to ask questions about any of their assignments. They're just there for the money. They're just there for all the wealth. Like, it's interesting that Grief Karga, his name is Grief. It's, like, he's... Grief is so close to greed and, <laughs> obviously, sadness. So, they're, I believe, probably has a backstory as well that everybody does in the Star Wars universe. So, um, yeah. So, I found it interesting. Uh, and, finally... Er, yeah what did you think about uh them studying the child and checking uh, like the health and stuff yeah i think um like you said i think he was the client was very surprised that mando would even care because i think he assumes that mandalorians from what he knows about them whatever he does know that they're you know it's uncharacteristic of mando to even be asking about like the bounty or just doing more than he's asked of um yeah. he's kind of like well, you I, know what's it to you you're just doing a job you know like you don't yeah. doesn't matter um and then yeah like he gave out it seems like the client gave out all these fobs to a bunch of different bounty hunters because he you know, he did, i guess you know he wanted mando to complete the the assignment but i guess he used that also as a 
a backup. He gave a lot of fobs to a lot of people to, you know, he really wanted Baby Yoda as a thing. And um, yeah. he wanted it dead or alive. He didn't care, you know, because it seems, you know, later on we see that he just wants something inside of Baby Yoda and he wants the doctor to extract it for whatever reason. I think even, uh, even the client has a client that he is helping serve yeah because he does mention like you said uh-huh i believe you said this in the last episode there's always a bigger fish which is really always true to star wars like there's always yeah. someone always ahead of a bad guy that we see sometimes yeah there is somebody else i think that's above the client that do you think it's the moth guy i think i think it's gonna be like the first order like they're gonna be connected to the first order yeah um I think even before we've had hints that this is gonna look at the beginning of the first order and how they've start or how they start up. Um, I mean, we we get a sense of that, and if you read if you read Bloodline, uh, you know, with the uh, the different crime groups and like the Maxine Warriors and all that, and I think this may be connected because they obviously okay they want something from Baby Yoda either his force powers or there's something else that he can do maybe gives him like crazy strength or something something about him that they want there's i think they want to mass produce it because of that you know we've said before that the doctor has that patch of uh, camino that cloning facility maybe they want to make clones and put this whatever it is into each clone and maybe make them stronger better or maybe it's totally or force sensitive. They're force maybe sensitive. They want to clone the baby. <laughs> they took out. They're taking out Baby Yoda's uh, midichlorians, and uh, they're gonna inject it into each clone. I mean, how did they? Um, I I know Jango Fett was um, well, he wasn't the um, the main. I mean, he was the main clone, but I mean, he wasn't like force sensitive. But uh, it would be you interesting mean, uh, if Jango? they're trying to do. Didn't I say Django? I thought you said Boba. But either way, like, Django was the main original uh, person that they made clones from. And Boba was a clone also, but he was, he did not have the uh, advanced, like, growth thing. So he, you know, he aged it normally. But yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering if they're trying to clone Baby Yoda. And that's what they're trying to extract from the baby. I just imagine like because little baby be, Yoda uh, we don't baby know Yoda army. Yeah, and like we don't know if it's possible to transfer force sensitivity. So, it would it be did, I guess it, how that's dealt with. Yeah, I guess it depends on what is Disney's take on midichlorians now. Like if are is midichlorians still relevant to force users or are they kind of just throwing that out and says, "Oh, well, anybody no, can I don't be. think they can, especially a show in Involved with like Dave Filoni, I don't think the midichlorians are going away ever. Like in terms of if they're like gonna be relevant to the plot, I think it's possible, especially given that they were studying the baby medically. And I don't like I don't know if they have the same device that uh, Qui Gon used, to... used on Anakin. No, I like that's a good thing that we should come back to in future episodes because I'm sure it'll be revealed the more we find out. Yeah, I think they know. I think they know that Baby Yoda's powerful. And yeah, I mean, we already know that this is kind of getting ahead, but um 
you know, I think they already know that he is powerful just because Baby Yoda has a tracking device inside his body. Was so that they've obviously no had it in? I'm wondering in custody before. Yeah, like are those I tracking think. fobs? How do they work? Like, are they? I think what are they the, tracking exactly? Yeah, so I don't think it was the. Remember in the last previous episodes, I speculated that the crib might have the tracking device inside of it but um that was clearly not the case but we'll get to that later since that's more towards the end of the episode that i want to discuss this but um all right so we find out what a camtono is which <laughs> is it's like a security container filled with stuff in this case it was a baskar um so uh there's an, well, was, an actually yeah. a really interesting background to it that you guys should look up uh, i don't really want to go into it because i don't know it completely but it starts with empire strikes back there's an extra running around with an ice cream machine and um <laughs> will Rohud yeah. hood was his name danny yeah if you guys look up cam tono it'll pop up on wikipedia so yeah and uh so the client once um once mando asks what he's gonna do with the baby he's like how uncharacteristic of one of your reputation you've taken both commission and payment it is not code of the guild that these events are now. For- it is, is it not the code of the guild that these events are now forgotten? So there you have um, Mando acting like he's one of the best of the guild. So there you have him acting finally in his own self-interest, kind of not in the in the negative sense. He just he's curious, like this child, like he's an innocent, and that's what Mando sees in the baby, even if he's trying to be emotionally separate from the baby you can't like separate the fact that he's a little baby so yeah he definitely sees himself in baby yoda um even when i was so sad when they were taking baby yoda away to yeah and he he just kept looking at him and he was crying like the subtitles (laughs) emphasize that he was crying yeah but also um another thing that's interesting is how the you know how the client says finding a Mandalorian in these trying times is more difficult than finding the steel, which is like the Beskar steel, which obviously the Empire had a plentiful amount of. Uh, but, you know, this makes me curious. Like, what if this is a metaphor to the hidden, like, to obviously the Mandalorians are hidden to survive. What if this is also the case for the species that Yoda, baby Yoda is from? Like, what if they're also in hiding? Because a lot of these things are metaphors for each other. For example, we'll get into this later, but the the guild's treatment of Mandal- the Mandalorian versus the, Man- the Mandalorian's treatment of the main character. Like, it's interesting because it's like, there's obviously setting up some parallels here, so I'm interested to see if the baby actually there's a species that's like hidden somewhere from everybody else. So I mean, we'll see, but that'd be super interesting. But yeah, I, it shows um, just the client talking about not being able to find like Mandos. It, it means yeah. like you know they're really hidden. Then you know that underground faction, they like nobody Which is really so knows. Interesting. Uh-huh. That's so interesting in my opinion, just because. The man, it doesn't seem like they have like a security door. No, he just walks right in. (laughs) Right. So that's, that's like, are you guys just terrible at your, at trying to like, and they're wearing Mandalorian armor. They're not wearing like anything that they're going to blend in with, you know? If anybody followed the Mandalorian, like, 
they would know that where he's from, like where he's hanging out, which is we- weird that they're like it's hard to find the Mandalorian. It's uh, interesting. It's kind of like how they hid uh, Luke in plain sight. They hid him <laughs> where Anakin was born, or not born, but where he grew up as a slave. So whenever he walks into the, uh, talking about Mandalorians, whenever the Mandalorian main character, uh, right now I'm going to just refer to him as uh, the main character because he's talking to other Mandalorians, so it would be confusing. Uh, but yeah, so the main character walks into where the Mandalorians are all in hiding and um, he goes to the armor armor with his uh, Camtono of... Um, you know, Beskar steel and everybody, they follow him. Like, what do you have in your hands? Like, they're kind of intimidating him. And, um, yeah, so the yeah, armor... They, once... they know that he's brought, like, something very big or important. They I, they might even know it's, it's, like, money or something. Yeah, because, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's, like, he's been gone for a few days, so... They know he's a bounty hunter also, so... Yeah, so they're like... It will draw many eyes, as in the Beskar steel will mm-hmm. draw many eyes. Because he takes it to the armor and, you know, they talk about making, um, making, you know, a full thing of armor. Because his his armor's kind of broke down by this, by this point. And he says, uh, like, there's a big Mandalorian guy who is really mad and he, like... He gets really, and he's actually played by John Favreau, which I'm not sure if he just voiced him or if that's his body. I as think well, I think but... he voiced him because I saw yeah. Phil Sostek. He he talked about the heavy Mando being released uh, for as a Black Series figure, and he tagged somebody else as like the embodiment of him. So I don't think mm. Favreau was actually in the costume. I think he just voiced him. Gotcha. Okay, so once he takes the Beskar steel to the um to the armor, um. It's kind of like the other Mandalorians are trying to intimidate the main character because he has obviously the Beskar steel from the Empire and we're given some good exposition in this scene because, okay, so the armor basically says that our secrecy is our survival. Our survival is our strength and that tells us that like they're actually in hiding and there's not many Mandalorians left. And I know that um, Rebels goes into a lot of Mandalorian background, but I don't believe they ever talk about the Great Purge. I think this is something we'll find out in this episode. Or not this episode, but the series. Mm-hmm. And uh, because then the big Mando, the Mando that's like being intimidating to Mandalorian, the main character, um, he <laughs> says, our strength was once in our numbers. Now we live in the shadows and only come above ground one at a time. Our world was shattered by the Empire with whom this coward shares tables. And he's talking about that because the Beskar steel is obviously, they have the Imperial in- insignia. Uh, I don't know if I said that right, but he has it has a symbol of the Empire in the steel. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the armor is she's like very calm and collected and she's obviously the she's like the powerhouse or the main she's the main um the main person in charge of the mandalorian uh the little hiding place but she's she says when one chooses to walk the way of the mandalore you are both hunter and prey how can one be a coward if one chooses this way of life and she goes on to ask the mandalorian if he's ever removed the helmet or removed his helmet like had his helmet be removed by other people and he says no and then they say this is the way and this is a 
I guess this is a mantra that I they just, repeat to each other. I just want to know, like, is he serious when they when they say like he never removes his helmet? Like, does he? Yeah. How does he eat? Does he That's eat? Does he, like, does he have like a beard? Okay, if he ever takes off his helmet and Pedro Pascal <laughs> is clean shaven, I'm gonna be it's like gonna be calling. But then again, foul. think about how when we met Ray, she was like the most disgusting person <laughs> ever, but she's like clean and no hair anywhere and she's okay like but like i'm it's pretty sure in the star wars sense i know we do see him but that's unshaven. like not as obvious you know like race you can't see ray grow a beard you know <laughs> like this i mean you she doesn't have any hair in her legs i mean or armpit. she might have really thin like hairs like people don't have really thick hair sometimes on their legs but you know because if you, okay i'm not gonna go into this but if you let your like leg hair grow out it doesn't get as coarse you know it kind of thins out um, you know, TMI, but like, it you can't see it. But obviously. like, also Ray was clean, and they have like barely any water too. Well, right, so. but still, like Mandalorian, it's so like, what is? How does he? Maybe he lifts up his helmet slightly and just puts like a razor like underneath and tries not to like slit his throat. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder if they have like a room where they actually they go and do their business there <laughs> because. They have. He like, has to I mean, eat. I, I can. Danny. He has. I to mean, eat. they live in an underground bunker, so um, I don't know. How does he like, brush his teeth? They don't brush their. I teeth. hope that they, maybe they're not being literal, but I feel like they are. I, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I don't think it'll be being revealed to us. Literal, but... What's interesting is that um, does he take you a know, shower? This is the way. Is there like may the force be with you? Kind of. Yeah. That's the mantra which they live in, live through, and. Yeah, so. Okay, so we also learn what a signet is. Um, it's kind of like, you know, your idea of what greatness you've accomplished. What's the greatest beast you've defeated, I guess? It's kind of like in um, Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. how they have the house signs. And um, so it's really funny. This is like the funniest exchange ever because um, obviously in the last episode, we find that we we discovered the name of the we found, figured it out and looked it up um, <laughs> the name of the creature and also it's stated in this episode um, so the armor is asking the main character if his signet should be the mudhorn and the mandalorian he's like I can't accept it because it wasn't a noble kill and he says I was helped by an enemy and then the armor is like why would an enemy help you in a battle? And then the Mando is like, it did not know it was my enemy. And it's so funny because the armor just kind of looks at him like, what the hell? <laughs> Obviously, like, we don't know her about? face. We can't see her face. But this also reminds me of Star Wars. Obviously, Star Wars. Um, But The Last Jedi, I mean, uh, where, uh, you know, Rey and Kylo, they're enemies. Like Ryan said, they're enemies, but they're complicated enemies because yes. it's like, how can he be? How can they be each other's enemies if they've both helped each other survive? And um, so I didn't think about it in terms of Ray and Kylo. Oh my god, you're so smart. I think so of everything smart. in terms of Ray and Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I like to pretend that I'm like, you know, now that the star, the Rise of Skywalker is coming out in like a month or less than a month, I'm now on. You know how I've been kind of like, oh, Kylo, whatever. But now I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> Kylo Ren. <laughs> well, but, considering um, we got the good stuff today, some of the new scenes. Yeah, him, but yeah. Uh, um, well, even like after yeah. the Rise of Skywalker, his comics gonna continue, so we're still gonna be like all up with Kylo's like business. So. Yeah, but back to the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I definitely thought of um, when she said that 
I definitely thought of Ray and Kylo because this is exactly the kind of exchange that I feel like he could have with Luke. Like, how can Ray be your enemy if she helped you survive? And vice versa. Like, how could Kylo... And that's why it's so complicated between them. But um, in terms of the Mandalorian, of course it's complicated because it's like, this baby helped you survive. Like, how can that be like your a, enemy? A little like, baby saved his life. Yeah, and it's kind of like, well, I didn't... He didn't know he was my enemy, like... <laughs> They should even give, if they should give ba- they should give baby Yoda the signet. That's what I was thinking. Like if he has a baby Yoda signet, it would be weird <laughs> though. But I don't know. Maybe they can make baby Yoda look really cool. They give, they'll give baby Yoda like Mandal- Mandalorian armor, and in the middle oh, it'll yeah. be like the mud it's horn. gonna happen. <laughs> Although we're trying to find it safety, so I don't think he's gonna become a warrior no. because. That's sad. They're going to be separated one day. And Stop. Okay, so he yeah. doesn't accept the signet. So what happens is the man, the armor gives him these weapons called whistling birds. And they're kind of like explosives, like kind of a grenade-like. Uh, grenade-like uh, bullets. They're kind of like, yeah, like, I don't know how later on, obviously, we see how he uses it. But um, it's kind of like I guess they seek out a like a I don't know if they're heat seeking or something, but they went to their target like immediately. Yeah, yeah. See, this is very that's a very video gamey weapon, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. I don't so, know why when I saw that I was like, oh wow, okay, that's like a special. It's move. so interesting because the armor is like this is a powerful weapon to use against several enemies. Like he's upgrading he all of his tools like a video game. Like he's 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 adding to his skill tree. It's so she's funny. like use them sparingly for they are rare. <laughs> and of course he immediately he uses, uses them right away. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like you know that he's a, he has a good heart from the first episode because he's very interested in interested in saving stuff for the foundlings like that's his main priority it seems like even if he does all this bad stuff it's for a greater good it's for the kids because you know the armor kind of says the same thing she's like the foundlings are our future and obviously that's like what we say about children like they're our future so we must protect them which is interesting because he just gave away a baby but (laughs) that's not where we are at yet although how did you feel whenever I know like we could predict what's going on with the episode, but how did you feel when he gave up the baby? I was like cussing him <laughs> in my head. I like, like, actually I was saying it out loud. <laughs> I was like F you like to the my screen. I mean, I knew he was gonna come back for baby Yoda. Yeah, of but course. It's still, but it's still such a horrible decision. I know, because it still ripped me up because it, he looked so sad and it's just like thinking about like parting with I don't have kids, but it was like feeling like you know you know whenever i was small and i would part with like my mom or something when she would leave me somewhere like at school or you know with a person to take care of me for some time like i felt like that or i felt like if i put myself in the mandalorian shoes when i don't have kids like i said but when i were i'm just gonna relate this to my cat because my cat's the closest thing i have to like a child (laughs) but never like giving like my cat away to like the vet to do something with her you know check her out or something it's like parting with your loved like loved one i don't know i feel so like so stupid but it's so relatable it's so relatable to anyone you know with anything that they have and it just made me yeah. really sad, despite knowing, like, yeah, he's going to come back for him. But just that moment, looking at baby Yoda's eyes and knowing, like, 
he's parting with somebody that he's attached to also like baby yoda has, has attached himself to the to mando also you know he saved mm-hmm. him he's he's basically been his like sidekick throughout this whole thing so far and he's yeah. so scared he's like what are you doing i thought we were friends oh my god i can't yeah and um then they all say this is the way because she's like the families are a future this is the way and then everybody says this is the way and it's so interesting because the main character he says it at a different time from the other mandalorians like they're all in unison it's up yeah. for the main character and i guess that's for emphasis on how he also believes in that being the way but also i think maybe he doesn't feel connected to this group because you can see how they he doesn't hang out much with them because he's always out side of the area so i wonder if like maybe they're not as close fam like obviously it's family so they're all like you know they're all there for each other as you see later in the episode but at this point he doesn't know that yet there he doesn't quite know um how the ways that they're willing to go for him and i feel like maybe he's still the loner he's still a loner in this obviously he's a loner because he's a bounty hunter so he can't have many attachments but even in his own society maybe he feels like um maybe he feels out of place in this and that's what i got from you know the 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 way that he says this is the way way after the other ones say it in Mm -hmm. unison and also they're kind of being antagonistic towards him so it's like maybe he doesn't feel like he fits in yeah maybe um it did seem like he wasn't as connected to his mando group as maybe the others uh because he did seem kind of like estranged in a way from them because i mean that heavy mando like immediately just started up crap uh, with him i don't know if they're all yeah. like that if it seems it seems very like you know you're in or you're out you know because once he saw those imperial credits he's like you know he immediately like went against him so it seems very i don't know maybe they're kind of like representative of they're kind of like the jedi order or something like you're you're either like with us or you're against us in a way or maybe that you could say that's Yeah, I mean, Sith, well, like- there I guess the Mando was just pissed because you know, the 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 heavy Mando, I think that's what they call him in the episode in the subtitles, but that Mandalorian, he's upset because he's working for the empire and the empire is what destroyed everything uh, for the Mandalorians and right, these right. set this set of Mandalorians at least. So, um there's some resentment. It's like you're working for the enemy like um so I think that that's something that they'll continue to um, explore, the relationship between the Mandalorian and the other Mandalorians. Um, and once they start, or once the armor starts, um, she starts making his weapon, we once again get a flashback to the Mando and the parents. And this time, I think it was already revealed, but we finally see that the droids were the ones that were attacking Mandalorian and mm-hmm. the um, super battle droids. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense why he hates droids. And <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah. And uh, they were all wearing red. So I wonder if that's the culture. Like, I don't think, th- like I said, I, I have this theory that maybe he's not a Mandalorian and, um, you know, him wearing all red and his family wearing all red. Maybe they're from like a, 
culture that wears like ceremony maybe those are the ceremonial robes or something mm-hmm. uh it's like luke was wearing in the uh, last jedi obviously his was uh, were the jedi ones but um i want to know more about his own original culture i guess so yeah and then the armor makes the snazzy um armor that he wears and it's like so out of place like <laughs> Because it's so to shiny everybody and clean else. and polished, yeah. and even the people in the bounty hunter guild, they're not their their armor isn't so fancy. Yeah, because um, do you remember yeah. even the client when he gave him the credits? He's like, "Good luck trying to find a Mandalorian armor or whatnot, so or somebody to make it for you." And you know the armor. So I think like when he came back with the uh, the full armor, I wonder like wasn't he like maybe thinking like, well. I think, uh, like, well, did he question it when he saw him? Like, <laughs> where did you get the armor? And so fast, you know? Like, did he, yeah. they could have tipped, that could have been a big tip off. Like, okay, maybe there's something else going on here with the Mandalorians, because he literally just got, like, a whole new set of Mandalorian armor. And apparently, not any, like, armor can do it, because it did kind of, they did kind of imply that only a Mandalorian armor can, like, make the Mandalorian armor. Sure. And it's interesting because it's like, how do, if these people are so bad off, how do they have all this technology, like, to make, I guess you all, all you need is like high pressure fire, um, machines, but how do they even get that down there? And now, or, well, I'll talk about that later in the episode, but, um, yeah, it's interesting how they set up their little location and how they got everything that they do have and uh and then when he walks into the when the mandalorian walks into a bar haha uh he has like his whole outfit and everyone's looking at him grief karga is super happy to see him he's really pleased with what he did um you know he kind of he like knew like yeah i knew you were gonna get it done because obviously you're a mandalorian um and he 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 the Mandalorian does ask like how many tracking fobs is that when he asks is that like how many tracking fobs did you give out oh no that was for the yeah he asks twice he asks to the client and I don't think yeah. the client responded the client was more like well we had to make sure we got this um uh, we got the bounty and uh whenever grief carga he asks for grief carga he tells him that everybody had a tracking fob yeah yeah so everybody was um already he had the 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 fob already so it did seem like they were sending everybody out to find baby yoda um but grief karga says you know your success is my success as well because obviously he's rich too now and he even reveals um the imperial credits he got in his like jacket and uh, that'll be important later later on in the episode so that was cool that they kind of showed us that so they can we can make the connection later um and then Mando kind of questions him there, like, do you know, like, you know, what they're going to do with Baby Yoda? And I think, you know, he's saying, like, oh, no, he doesn't. Does he say that there? Like, does he ask him? Um, yeah. He does, he right? Asks he asks him the him same questions that he asks the thing. client. Yeah. And then he's also like, you know, that's not our code. Like, don't worry about it. And then all of a sudden... Mando wants to do another job. Um, and he's kind of like taken aback because um, he wants to do it. He just got back. Um, and even like Grief Cargo suggests, like, do you want to go to the Twi'lek healing baths? 
which is kind of funny that they said that because it's like a PG show, but we all know what that means. <laughs> yeah, like it's like prostitution, and so also with um, they also mentioned spice, so they mentioned drugs and yeah. prostitution in the same scene. <laughs> so it's like we're gritty guys. This is what you wanted, huh? Right? <laughs> the grittiness, totally. Um, yeah, but then he, you know, he's he's pretty pretty much says like just relax, you know, take it easy. You just came back. Um, but no, Mando pretty much says like he wants the furthest and maybe the hardest job that he has because it's you know he's he wants to f- kind of forget about Baby Yoda. He's he feels conflicted and he wants to just cover that up and bury his feelings. He doesn't want to think about what he just did. He just handed over Baby Yoda to these people who probably want to do harm to him, and he's. He's battling within himself, and he wants to just forget it. He wants to move on and do what he knows how to do, just doing his bounties. Um, so he said, the further, the better. And um, he he does give him a job to do. Um, and, you know, he, he does kind of tell Grief Karga that, you know, these are Imperials, you know, doing whatever with this baby, and... You know, Grief Karga's unbothered. He's like, yeah, so what? They're the Empire. They're gone. Who cares, you know? Um, And he even says, like, just go to the core and report them to the New Republic. And Mando says that's a joke. So, you know, we could kind of tell that from the politics, it seems, from from here, that the New Republic isn't doing so great anyway after the Empire. And even in Bloodline, it's kind of implied at that, too, that the, the Republic still hasn't really done anything or it doesn't seem like they're all on the same page Um, yeah the mando or the mandalorian saying that um it's a joke to report the empire imperial officers to the new republic (laughs) yeah like wow that tells you everything like obviously obviously it's a very volatile time as well because regime changes is something that's not it's not it never goes smoothly as smoothly as people would like and um, I don't know. I just find that super interesting because uh, in The Force Awakens, it's kind of an established... The Republic is an established thing. I haven't read Prin- Leia, Princess of Alderaan yet, but um, I know that it's kind of like um, Leia's trying to find her way in the Senate and all that stuff. So I know that gives details about how the Republic is or the New Republic is, but it's just interesting because it's like we've been saying that even though, you know, obviously imperial rule isn't good, um, it's still kind of the same issues, maybe, perhaps, that the prequel trilogy had with the um, this very easily manipulated Republic, perhaps, um, and how there's not, like, a united front like, with everybody, because obviously um, everybody will have a different opinion and things, but maybe, and that's what make me, maybe is weakening them to, like, not being able to respond to actual threats that they have because they're too busy st- with their heads stuck into, like, these p- petty problems about how to run the galaxy. Yeah, you had, like, the centrists and the populists, and it's, you know, obviously it kind of relates to today's world, but yeah, they're just so different. Their different worldviews are preventing them from, like, actually stopping to work together and move things forward, but yeah. It hasn't changed. Like, you can tell, you can kind of speculate, too. Like, maybe post-Tross or after the Rise of Skywalker, there's something new that they could bring up instead of, like, a Republic or, like, an Empire or something like that. Maybe something new will come up out of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So after all of that, um, Mando walks out and he goes to his ship, you know, basically ready to go straight to the next bounty. Um, and he actually gets in a seat. He revs up the engine <laughs> and he has like a moment of hesitation. Like right before he lifts off, he stops. We get like a close up of his, of his helmet and we see him thinking which is cool because, you know, he's behind a mask, but we could already kind of see the emotions just playing out on his body language. Again, like Deborah Cho is great, um, but you could see him just stop and he actually turns off the ship and he walks out and we just automatically, we know where he's going. He's made his decision. He's going back for Baby Yoda. And, you know, I wonder if he even had a, he had, I'm pretty sure he had a game plan, but I'm sure he just walked out and he's like, all right, I'm just going to do this. Like he knows. Actually, I don't think he had a game plan. Probably not. I think he just was like, I'm just going to get this. Sh- <laughs> I know my power. I know my strength. And he's like, it's kind of like, this is, this is what humanizes the Mandalorian because he's just acting without a plan. He's just like Kylo Ren basically killing off um snoke he's like yeah. i'm gonna do what i think is right and i'm gonna save this baby and in, in kylo's case the baby is right <laughs> um yeah no it's just interesting how these masked characters i mean kylo wasn't masked at the time but it's interesting how these masked characters always do what uh isn't expected of them yeah because they have some humanity which obviously having a mask is a trope kind of for mm-hmm you know, drama and all this stuff to show that, you know, you think that this person's a emotionally cold person, but turns out they're not. So, yeah. And, um, I, I mean, I just have to think like when he, how, I don't know the way he was thinking in the ship, it kind of made me wonder, like, is he thinking like, wow, this is so out of character for me, like to actually, think about doing this thing but i'm gonna do it because he wants something i kind of feel like he wants something to change like with what he's been experiencing with baby yoda and all the thoughts he's had about his childhood he's making a conscious decision to change the course of his life because he knows like once he does this thing he's out of the guild like his whole way of life for i don't know how long we don't know yet is going to change. Like, his whole course of life is going to change if he does this one thing. And that's saving Baby Yoda. Because he's made... Baby Yoda's already made such an impact in his life. And he already feels for him. And he's related to him. And he's going to make that choice to change his life. That's so powerful. Yeah, it's kind of like... I mean, I keep on trying to relate it to the sequel trilogy. Sorry if you guys are listening (laughs) and don't care about the sequel trilogy. But I think most of our audience does. And it's... It's the same thing as Kylo, really. Yeah, like, he's such a horrible person. Before he takes off his mask in the the Force Awakens, like he's meant to be this big bad. Like you see him hold the blaster, you see him order a whole village to be killed, mm-hmm. and as soon as he takes off his mask and um, just he knows about the girl or whatever, like as soon as all of that is introduced into the story, everything changes for him he's done his the worst act he could in the first act and mandalorian um i guess murder is pretty bad so we can <laughs> do horrible acts of yeah. violence but um ultimately i'm not saying does, that he might stop killing this mando deserve a life. redemption <laughs> i don't even know i don't know how 
I don't know exactly how that fits into the story, like in terms of, you know, right, redemption right. and stuff. Because I mean, I think we're just gonna see that the Mando has. We've seen that the Mando has a heart. Like everything that he does has a purpose, and the purpose is to defend the foundlings and have them have you know right. have Beskar steel, have all this stuff. So I think I don't know. I think it's it's uh it's love that's basically changed Mando's life and pretty much like he could apply to Kylo too like love is changing his life yeah yeah exactly it's love okay so where are we at so he goes back to he I mean he murders the troopers who said that their odds of the Mando were like one four to one you we have you four to one Mando and then he's like I like those odds and then here he kills them all and obviously Pershing is there and I found that interesting that he saved Pershing. And Pershing, he genders the baby. He says that it's a he. So I guess it's a he. Uh-huh. Um, and the babies, how did you feel about the baby sleeping and being attached to the Oh my god. Machine? Well, even like before that, when he sees the crib in the dumpster, before oh, he gets there, I was like, please, no. I, okay, I knew he wasn't dead or anything. But that just kind of like implied like, he oh, was, you think that that's what it implied? Like that the baby was dead? Do I think, think that maybe that's Mando, what Mando thought maybe he did. because I didn't catch that. Yeah, maybe he did think he was or something, or or at least something bad happened to him. Because obviously, right before that, he used his like his I don't know device in his helmet to hear what was going on, and he heard the client tell the doctor, "Just get you know extract what you need to get, and that's it." Um, so maybe I don't know if he knew that Ma- the baby Yoda was still alive at that point. Um, but then when he saw the crib, you know, that was like <laughs> an extra hit to the, to your emotions. Cause it's like, you, you've had this crib for a while and it's so cute. And you know, he's, you know, but you know, baby Yoda's in it and you've never really seen him other than he walks out of it. It's his, it's his. And then you know that it's in the dumpster. It kind of shows that their lack of care for baby Yoda. Cause they don't, they're not using the crib anymore. Um, so yeah, I think he goes in. And then he sees the doctor, and I guess the doctor has a heart somewhat <laughs> with all this, because I, I guess, I think he's sincere. I think he really tried to, like, save Baby Yoda. I think so, too, but I don't think he has good purpose for that. I think he probably wanted to experiment more on the baby, perhaps. Since he's a doctor, he's interested in that stuff, so he needs Baby Yoda to be alive. He needs him to continue to like probe at him so that's interesting i mean well the first thing that he does to mando i guess he didn't see mando in this armor so perhaps he thought it was a different mandalorian but he's like please don't kill the baby and then he's like i saved the baby i saved the baby and uh obviously mando takes the baby so i'm not sure what his intentions are i'm sure we'll get more of it but I think he might end up getting killed by the Empire or whoever is left of the Empire because it's just obviously per or obviously the client was like I don't ha- I can't protect you anymore I can't ensure your sa- safety um so I don't know maybe he'll die uh, I th- I feel like he's one of the characters that uh dies pretty early on just because of what he knows you know what I mean yeah yeah um but yeah if you wanted to go on. Yeah, he takes maybe maybe the doctor thought that somebody else put a bounty on Baby Yoda, and then you know Mando was doing that job and getting like double the money. <laughs> but um, yeah, he takes Baby Yoda out, and then he 
he he really does a cool thing. He's fighting basically with one hand because he has Baby Yoda wrapped up in his arms in one arm and then the other hand is shooting. He's trying to escape. And it's so cool seeing him go throughout like these stormtroopers with one hand because, you know, Mando's so... He's pretty talented with the pistol. Um, but then he encounters the client before he gets out. Um, and basically, uh, the, the the client says... What does the client say? Uh, trying to um, see. Oh, that is like a video... I was I thought about you when I, I um that scene came up. You know why? Because it's like a video game thing where you're exploring and then you hear something in the story and then it's like, you know, you hear what you need to hear and then it fizzles out. <laughs> yeah. Like that's total video game stuff. I that's know, a, I, mean, I, I guess see that everywhere. It's it's so oh is this show. Yeah, I think there's a lot of video game vibes, but yeah, definitely that part. Um and basically the client tells him to uh what does he say like you have to put down put down baby yoda um does he see the client what i feel like i'm no the client disappears after this okay yeah because i I was thinking like like i had some sort of amnesia there yeah he doesn't he sees the stormtroopers he's surrounded by the stormtroopers and um he uses the the whistling birds uh weapon thing that the armor gave him. Yeah, he uses it right away. Uh but that was cool. And um right like as he's like running out of the building, you see that everybody else in that town, all the other bounty hunters, they say that or they they show that they also have tracking fobs, you know, for Baby Yoda and they're all turning on. They're all beeping. And so they're all walking out of wherever they're at and they're coming to the clearing. And it gives me, like, Western vibes because, you know, as, like, somebody walks throughout a town and then all of a sudden all these other people start slowly coming into view and they know they have ill intentions. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so you they all come up to the Mandalorian and there's, like, what, like, 20 people or so, 20 bounty hunters or more. Um, mm-hmm. And... The, you have the sense of dread, obviously, because what is he going to do? Like, how is he going to fight 20 plus people with one hand, you know? Um, and then the guild leader comes out, Grief Karga, and he basically tells Mando to put him down, you know, put the baby Yoda down. Um, what is the what is the deal that he gives him? Like, put him down and I'll let you go. What did he say? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mando's like, I'm gonna. Uh, obviously, Mando's like, I'm gonna walk to the um to the ship. The speeder. And you guys are leave. Let me do it. And then um, the grief cargo. He's like, No, we're gonna take the baby. So you put him down, and we'll take him. And um, yeah, I think that was the deal. Basically, he's like, No, you're not gonna get what you want. Yeah. Um. So he does go over to that speeder. And he, I it made me laugh because the the astromech was like, he's like no. he had to be pointed the gun at him for the baby for the astromech to drive, and then um you know then he's shot down by the bounty hunters, and I find it so interesting they keep on emphasizing how droids have like actual agency. Yeah, isn't that weird? Like they have, they have well, they agency. do have like personalities. 
and they have personalities and they have emotions as well you see that with r2 whenever he's depressed when luke leaves him so it's just so interesting because they keep on nudging at that plot point but we haven't gotten a resolution so far so Um, yeah 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 well okay so then mando uh he he does this cool like flip move right he like jumps into the speeder on like a really thin like area of it and he kind of does it in a way that that shields baby yoda like he flips and he protects baby yoda with his body at the same time from like blaster shots that's so cool and he's like in this speeder he tells the astromech to drive and they're like going along the town like as he's shooting and he's got like He's got, like, these, I guess, what, like, canisters around him kind of protecting him at the same time. So he's literally trying to escape this area. And, um, Grief Karga tries to shoot the astromech down. Um, oh, you know what? Let's go back. Even before that, the Mando tells Grief Karga, like, how do I know I can trust you? When he's bargaining, or apparently trying to bargain to, you know finish this to get the situation under control and he says because i'm your only hope oh yeah that was interesting and i was like what an interesting choice of words it's a kind of perverse in a sense because you know that this is used in a negative sense and yeah used against mando so could like- could this suggest that grief karga later on decides to help mando no, well, I I won't count anything out, but at this point, he's just kind of, I don't know. I could see that they could use this as a contrast from how um how Leia uses it with Obi Wan and um how Ray uses it with Kylo. Like he's our only hope. Um, I can see this kind of just like, like a versus yeah, like a bad way of doing of saying it. Like or maybe it's just a contrast, a cool, or maybe it's just like a cool phrase they want to add in because it's Star Wars. Mm, maybe (laughs) maybe but yeah okay well i mean at this point everything did kind of seem hopeless for mando right yeah he it looked like he might have to i don't know if he really thought this plan out at all like right away no he didn't yeah probably not (laughs) and obviously i don't think he knew about the baby still being tracked yeah like none of this was thought out so it's not like he had a yeah, Need like, I wonder, out. like, even though he left the town and the area, he's still going to be sought after by bounty hunters because he has Baby Yoda with him. So they're, he's still going to have enemies. Yeah. So it's not over. So even when uh, Grief Karga, he shoots the astromech and the speeder breaks down, they're stuck. And, oh my god, let me tell you. I was telling, well, I told you earlier. Or I, I think I did. I don't know. I told somebody. Or maybe I posted on Twitter. But when he thought... Literally, like, all hope was lost, for sure. He was getting shot at, and he was in the speeder, and he looked down at Baby Yoda, who was conveniently sleeping through all of this. Um, And then... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. And, yeah, so Baby Yoda, in that moment, opens his eyes and looks up at Mando, and, of course, we still don't know what Mando's expression was, but just the body language with his helmet... It looked like he was almost saying goodbye to Baby Yoda, saying, like, you know, I try to get you out. I'm so sorry. We're going to die, you know? But I don't know. That whole moment was so emotional for me. I actually, like,
I, I let out a sob. Like, I literally started crying. I knew they were going to be saved. Like, it's so stupid. I knew they were going to be saved. I didn't know how, but I knew they were going to survive. But still, that moment, like, made me cry. <laughs> like, I literally cried. And that, the, like, the moment they, like, that second that moment, I, that never, like, that hardly happens for me. Like, I don't really cry at sad scenes in, sh- in, in movies unless I really care. But that really made me emotional. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, he was, like, it just showed how much he actually cared about Baby Yoda. And he was willing to die for him. For Baby Yoda. And he thought he really was going to die at that point. And he was kind of saying goodbye. That was really sad. Were you sad? Yes, it was sad. I was like, oh no. Like, well, obviously it's kind of emotionally manipulative. But in kind of the best ways. Because I wasn't expecting the family that's I, that was so far from my mind, like the beef with the Mando family that he had. Yeah. But it kind of was it was sad because it's like he's looking down at the baby like we're going to die here, but I try to protect you. And um, then I thought that the, actually I thought that the baby was going to do some force thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, yeah, I know the Mando family coming together and protecting him and leaving their hiding place like that was beautiful. Like I was like so touched by that. I'm like, oh, this is Star Wars, like not like the ugly fighting and killing and everything, but (laughs) the whole family like we've never really we have in the resistance. But like in these kind of terms, like we've never seen like a Mando family like come together and like or. I don't know about the cartoons. Sorry, I haven't finished watching Rebels or, you know, uh, Clone Wars. But um, so if that happens in the cartoons, sorry, or animated shows, I'm sorry that I didn't know. But <laughs> I'm going through these episodes now. So, but no, what I was saying is just like, that's like just very like touching. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know what else to say because I was just very touched and sad. I was not sad in a sad, sad way, but like in a weepy kind of way. Like, oh, yes, of course they have his back. They're all family. They love each other, um, even if they fight because that's family. And um, <laughs> they are that's family. What, that's what Star Wars is about. And basically, they're also giving up to. I guess this should, this this episode is basically tell like this the characters are changing their lives in one moment they're this one action completely changes the course of their life because the mandalorians that were hiding out they exposed themselves like everybody knows now that there's mandos in the area so after this this moment where they pr- help protect mando and baby yoda they have to relocate and they he even says it, like you're gonna have to relocate and they say this is the way Kind of as if saying, "This is our des- this is our destiny. This is this is what was meant to happen. This is our fate." So it's like they're cool with it, and they 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 knew that this is what they had to do because they they're Mandos. They're all one family, and they're gonna they'll risk their lives for each other, which is nice. Yeah, it's Star Wars, <laughs> and um, I think this probably was what you can quant or you can describe as the grittiest episode so far of the Mandalorian just because of so much murder and so all murder. the you know all the you know shooting at each other the pew 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 and i thought that the the jetpacks are the silliest creations of the Mandalorian culture it's so funny oh to see God. them use it I, but i like it at all the same um the jetpack thing i'm just going to skip a little bit further but just for this moment but when the heavy mando flies 
when Mando looks to the side of a ship and sees the heavy Mando flying with his jetpack and doing like a little like salute, I thought this is Iron Man. <laughs> like Favreau put in an Iron Man moment because if you watched Iron Man, which I haven't, okay. He does. I'm the one person on the entire planet who has not watched Man or Iron Man. Favreau, who made Iron Man, the first one, I think. I think he did. Yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He and he's also uh, active in the Marvel universe. He put in this Iron Man moment because Iron Man—that is something Iron Man does. Like he will fly like that, exactly how the heavy heavy Mando does. And I'm like, this is a Favreau thing. He did this. I knew it was him. That was cool in a way, because it. Uh, you don't see something like that in Star Wars. It was a. It was a Marvel moment. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he. Next thing for Mando, once all the Mandos come and save him, he goes to the ship, and Grief Karga is waiting for him. And you know he. It's it's so cool. He, Mando figures out a way how to get him out how to get out of this particular situation um again because <laughs> he's so smart he like hits a thing on the side and releases the steam or something to kind of shroud him and he won't be able to shoot at him um and then he shoots a grief karga in the chest and he falls out of the way and mando's able to escape and then we see in the moment right after that, the credits that uh, Grief Karga had had in his jacket or his shirt was actually what saved him. And it blocked the shot from actually taking him, taking him out. So that was... Do you think that he shot him there? Sorry. But do you think he shot him there because he knew he was going to survive? That'd be really... I mean, I don't know how good of a shot Mando is. You know, I feel like he has to be really good, right? <laughs> but how did he even know those credits were still there? Like, you, he might have... It could have been possible he took them out from the time he last saw them and then that moment. Right. So I, I think, mean, I know you're right. You're definitely <laughs> it right. would be. Just... It would be cool if he knew, though. Like, or, you know, he just willingly, like, let him survive or he didn't choose to kill him because that would kind of show, oh, maybe Mando's changing. But, I mean, I, f I don't think he would have known 100%. I, yeah. I mean, personally, probably he doesn't give a crap. He doesn't really care if, um, you know, Grief Karga lives or survives. Because he's, he's going to be on the run uh, from his guild. So, yeah. 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 Uh, and then, like, at the end, um, he <laughs> we see Baby Yoda wanting to, to take that little knob of the lever. And then Mando actually gives it to him to play with. That's such a dad thing. <laughs> yeah. That's such a dad thing. Oh my god, this is a good episode. Deborah Cho was really good. She Yeah. She really made she really gave us some very interesting scenes. Uh like plot like points or point of views. And she really hit on the emotion because I was crying and <laughs> I haven't really cried like that in a while. So it was good. Wow. I, I'd wait till next I'm, month. Yeah, yeah. Wait till next one when Baby Yoda like starts. No, I said next month. Oh, when, yeah. Uh, okay. Cross well, yeah. comes out. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> I mean, I cry about Kylo and Ray all the time. But in other things, no. I don't cry as often. You know what? I'm not even that into babies in general. Like, I'm. I love pets yeah no a lot it, more. that's why I'm like this baby's a monster because it's like <laughs> it's how making, everyone feels it's making like, everyone like recognize that they have emotions for cute things 
like in a way that I don't think anything has ever hit in the Star Wars fandom in terms of cuteness. Like the Ewoks obviously are controversial. <laughs> the murder, like murder bears. Murder bears. Yeah, Baby Yoda's changing all the Star Wars. All of Star Wars, it's changing because of Baby Yoda. It's a revolutionary. <laughs> all the memes, too. I love the memes. Yep. Yeah. No, it's just... The memes are crazy. It's This is why you release... An, this is why you want... If you want a series to do really good good in terms of a lot of people are paying attention to it and everything you have to release it week to week because it lets the memes build up yes. it lets people think about the episode it lets people watch the episode over and over again in anticipation for it it lets the recaps from different media websites be kind of special because they're not all being put out at the same time like for the whole series so um this is a really smart strategy and I think this is one of the reasons why a lot of the Netflix shows, they come and go. For example, Stranger Things was a big deal for like a week or or like a month, perhaps. And then it was like this season of Stranger Things. And it was a big deal for a month, perhaps. And then mm-hmm. people were yeah. like, okay, moving on to the next thing. It like, al- yeah, it definitely allows the media and social media to build up like the anticipation, anticipation the hype. And if it always if it was all released, you know, because everyone is talking about it week per week, and it's it, each aspect is being talked about. And if it was all released at once, only like the main highlights would probably be talked about, and that's about it. It'd be kind of summarized, and it wouldn't be able to kind of be divulged into like each part. You know, it'd all be just summarized, and I'll bundled together and then next month we'd stop talking about it <laughs> so yeah i mean and it's also so interesting just simply because like when you think about it like we still don't know the format of the show uh the episodes are still pretty short they're under 40 minutes but it's still kind of like well you know the vibe of the show is it keeps changing due to the fact that they have to keep changing planets and that's one of the interesting things like as an audience we're still trying to figure out the just like how the, the vibe of the show um because we still pretty much don't know it we will once the season's over but it feels like it's constantly changing not that they don't have it planned out it's just that the plot leads them in directions that perhaps we didn't expect or i mean obviously i think this episode is kind of like it was kind of predictable, not in a bad way. Well, but we, yeah, there was no other this person, way for um, it to go. This person in the Facebook group kind of said it. It's more classical than it was predictable, like in terms of yeah. these are classic tropes that have been used by many before. And it's still told in a good way. Like you said, Deborah Chow did a great job and John Favreau wrote the episode and he did a great job as well. And obviously everybody in the behind the scenes is doing really great work, but... um it's right like we still don't know how right what's gonna it's happen. still very mysterious like, and they don't they don't release episode like the next next week's episode was gonna have this like they don't they release don't those give things. us yeah those little teasers for the next episode they're yeah, still because they know we're gonna be here <laughs> they know that we're all fbi agents and we can solve everything with just like one scene yeah so do you think that the baby yoda is just a one season thing um I mean, I know it's too early to properly speculate, but just based on what we see now. I think 
I think he's gonna be in the next season. And I'll say this because Baby Yoda's already a large part of the Mando's identity. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But at the same they're gonna try to find safety for it. I think they're gonna have to do some surgery to find the chip. Uh yeah, if they, if there is a chip in him. I mean, I'm guess I'm guessing I don't know how they're tracking him, like I said. But I don't know if it's like through a f- blood signal or I don't I don't know what kind of technology they have, but so they're gonna have to somehow figure out how to make that tracking like stop and they'll have to stop it somehow. But um I wonder where Mando is gonna go. Like where is he gonna go to hide out? Because there's no place that's safe as long as they all have tracking fobs. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what his plan is. Yeah, no, I know. But yeah, I know what you mean by the whole predictability thing or, or versus classic. Um, like I said, it was in Last of Us. It's the whole cub and... So, <laughs> I, there's a lot of tropes with like, a, you know, somebody protecting something smaller than them. Despite them, like man, despite Yoda being stronger and more powerful than Mando in general. Um, it's like Rey with Baby-8. Yeah. Only it's like Rey is obviously not giving... BB-8 to Ungar plot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's exactly the same plot, it is. actually. Yeah. In a different way, obviously. Yeah. It's all one story. But if it, if if Ray was like Mando, she would have taken the credits, or all the portions, and then she would have Mando came back would have for... taken all the portions and then gotten BB-8 back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Ray would have... <laughs> Ray would have taken all of it and then came back for BB-8. Which is actually yeah, kind of smart that Mando did that. I was even thinking about no, yeah. that while I was watching it. I was like, it was smart for him to take the credits, make like, get his armor, and then go back for Baby Yoda. Like, <laughs> yeah, but like at the same time, it's crazy. It's like, what did they do to Baby or BB Eight to Baby Yoda <laughs> in that meantime? Yeah, we don't know. Like, I'm scared. Like, don't think about they it. They took his blood, probably. But yeah, I mean, obviously, we see in the technology from the prequel time how easy it is to get a midichlorian count and <laughs> it's been a few it's been a couple decades or a few decades like maybe since that time yeah it's been at least so like the technology must have advanced in terms of imperial technology right yeah so, no that's definitely something we're gonna have to keep a look out for and i'm sure they'll the reveal things in the meantime all right, thank you guys for listening to our uh, chapter three episode of um, We Have Spoken. Uh, you can follow us at Jackoo Broadcast on Twitter, and you can follow me at Mortis Gods. How can you f- we find you, Melissa? Abandoned Porg on Twitter and Abandoned Sock on Tumblr. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you guys could rate your review, that would be great um, on iTunes. If you guys have iTunes, you listen through iTunes, but. Um, I don't think it's iTunes anymore. It's just Apple Podcasts. But um, okay, so um, yep, and uh, we have spoken. We have spoken. Bye.